From the creators of Lime Voice and disappearing from society comes a brilliantly simple idea. But this time, it comes as a book. Imagine a world in which birds can talk like people. You'll get a bird's eye view of life with Lyme disease, as one bird family must unite to overcome the obstacles of life with Lyme disease. Guaranteed to make you laugh and cry. Written in a way that helps you articulate the losses you are experiencing as a household, while simultaneously empowering you to keep fighting. Little Bite, Big Trouble is available today at Amazon.com. how everyone lives where you go like every day that I get up and get out of bed like put my feet on the ground I am so immensely happy yeah. <laughs> I mean the kind of joy I can't even explain and it's it, it like I can't imagine not feeling that kind of joy every day because when I got like almost every day when I think my joints are working I can <laughs> like what I can get up I can move and and you know isn't there like a statistic that says that you know the average time a child smiles is like in a hundreds or something like that laughs or smiles and for adults it's two or three yeah 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 Aaron and I have talked about that too because congratulations line fighter today you had the courage to open your eyes and face another day Welcome to Lime Voice. This show's purpose is to help you put the puzzle pieces of Lime into place. Each episode is designed to inspire, educate, and encourage you on your Lime journey to wellness. Together we will fight. Together we will heal. Together we will live. Here are your hosts, Aaron and Sarah Sanchez. Welcome, everybody. So glad to have you. We made it through 2016. Woohoo! 2015. We made it through 2015, and I plan on making it through 2016. <laughs> yeah, we managed Christmas. We survived yeah. Christmas. Yeah, and it, most of you out there who are dealing with chronic illness know how hard events are. So when Christmas and New Year's and Thanksgiving are all rolled into one, it's it can be a crazy couple months and you just never have time to recover and i think this year was the first year we made it through without you having a major crash crash yes we did a few things differently um i do not have so for me a couple of things that i did that were really helpful is um we did opt out of some gift exchange stuff Mm -hmm. because i just didn't feel like i could do it manage it um i think we're getting better at knowing our limits i think that was one (laughs) of the key parts of a successful christmas is knowing our limits through this yeah another thing that happened was we celebrated on different days with different families and stuff and so we had space like we would have a, a christmas at my parents house and then it was a week later that we did christmas at your parents house And so it allowed me to rest and recover in between. Yeah, I know during the holiday season, it is hard because 
everybody wants you to be there and if you're not there if you come from a large family or any family for that matter if you don't show up to for the holiday at your at your parents or whatever it can be quite insulting so <laughs> for some people yeah of course well you want to be there right so to add in the chronic illness aspect of being tired and fatigued and them not really understanding that you need two days in between an events yeah events of that magnitude yeah yeah. I think one thing that has kind of happened throughout the last years is we've communicated. I wish we would have done that first, is communicated, you know, exactly what our limitations were. We're getting better every year. Okay, these are our limitations, and we would go ahead, and we're not going to participate in this event this year and let people know. So even uh, make a note for yourself for next year, you know, make sure you communicate with with people and give yourself time rest time pull out a calendar and and really schedule it out like okay the 24th i need the entire day to rest i don't care if it's christmas eve or not if i want to make it to christmas i need to rest all day christmas eve it's hard to do especially in the i think it's really hard to do you know being in remission it's easier to do because i have a higher level of stability mm mm-hmm. Um, and so when you have a higher level of stability, you're, you understand your own limitations better. And one of the things I, I never wanted to miss something because I knew I couldn't catch up. It wasn't like if I missed Thanksgiving, I was for sure going to be able to attend on Christmas. So I would always push myself really hard because I had missed so much. And now there's like more a sense of, of peace about missing an event because I know that two or three weeks down the road, I will get to see that person again. Or it's not like all is lost, which mm-hmm. is how I used to feel. If I missed something, I just felt like I would never catch up. Yeah. And I think even for us this year, as you're able to do more, uh, we're able to kind of cope with life. We're almost, we're almost at life pace, a regular life pace. Not quite. We still had to make yeah, adjustments. Yeah, not quite. But for those of you who are in the middle, you know, Sarah's on the recovery. We're kind of on the recovery end. For those of you who are in the middle of it, when you're really, really limited, which we're, that's where we were not very long ago, that is really tough because you are so limited that you might only make one event when you had five to go to. Yeah. And... Don't let don't get down on yourself for the events you missed this last season. Think of the ones you were able to attend. And if it was nothing more than a, a, a Merry Christmas uh, post on Facebook, <laughs> hey, you did it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't sent out a Christmas letter in like three years. Yeah. So, you know, I, my point in all this is is don't celebrate the losses celebrate the wins don't give what you didn't accomplish any room look at what you were able to accomplish and celebrate that because any one of us can come up with a list a mile long of losses of things we weren't able to accomplish even healthy people can do that right yeah so yeah you have a new normal live at and Hopefully you're on the mend and hopefully it's getting better and you're finding your strength. But Well, it's important to realize that it's a season because I was talking to my yeah. friend Heather who is still, you know, in the middle of treatment and and crashes hard still. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, she was saying they took on a lot over the holidays and traveled out to visit in-laws. And she was saying, well, I just don't, I don't want to say no. I don't want to miss it. Like, I feel like I'm saying no forever. And it's important to realize that it is a window. You know, for some of us, that window went on for 10, 15 years. That's, yeah, it didn't feel like a window. That's heartbreaking. But if you are not doing well and you're crashing hard, that you need a certain level of stability in order to get better. And that usually does take like this two to five year window. Be kind to yourself. Give yourself permission. I think I think that's great advice because I think one of the hardest things as a parent is that you just feel so guilty as you're not able to do things. Yeah. Oh, I should tell that story. So, okay, like a week before Christmas. No, 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 no. Two weeks before Christmas, I had not bought a single gift. I was feeling very overwhelmed. I had had kids homesick with hand, foot, and mouth for several weeks. Yeah. And, um... Just was not getting a lot done. It was a lot. I had to do a ton of laundry every day and just keeping up. And so I had told Aaron, I'm like, I'm just feeling really overwhelmed. I have to make all these decisions about gifts to buy and, you know, have a pretty tight budget and just feeling overwhelmed with the decision making process and knowing that I didn't have energy to return things if so and so didn't like it. So I actually told the kids, like, hey, here's your budget. And what we're going to do is you guys are going to pick out your gifts and we can go to the store and get them. We can order them online. And then I gave them their gifts. So it all except for one kid wanted to do it that way. They were all thrilled to pick out their presents. I don't know if we'll do that again next year, yeah. but it was like, it was kind of a survival thing. Either I felt like it was the most efficient use of my time, energy, and money Yeah, <laughs> is for them to tell me what they wanted. And we actually did have a lot of fun. And then I brought everything home and wrapped it. We should explain a little bit of your mental state at that time. You were having, you were overwhelmed with the holidays coming up. And because of the neurological damage and your Lyme brain, decisions are very hard for you. Yeah, when I, there's a certain fatigue factor and if I am feeling fatigued um, I have trouble with cognitive and executive function which is short-term memory stuff and making decisions so we were hitting this block in your your decision making when it, this was your task and you were trying to finish it yeah but you kept hitting the line brain and the line brain was stopping you so what we did was this method of just letting the kids pick them out yeah. It's not quite the same as opening a present, and it's a little lamer and, and there's pro- than normal. But and there's probably some of you cringing out there because your Christmas spirit is offended at this moment because of that. But well, it was so funny because we got through. Yeah, Kaya, our 13 year old, she did not think it was a cool idea at all. She <laughs> yeah. wanted me to buy her gifts, which was fine. I did it. But we were watching a Christmas movie, and one of the parents did that. Now, granted, there wasn't an illness. One of the parents had the kids pick it out. And everyone in the movie was like, that's the worst idea ever. Blah, blah, blah. And Kai's like, see, mom? And I'm like, wouldn't you, aren't you glad you're getting some presents, though? Like, it's better than nothing, which is what I was about to face. <laughs> so I'm wrapping presents that they've all seen, like, two hours before we're about to unwrap them or the night before because I'm running behind. And I only have so much energy in the day, so I'm waiting till I have energy And I'm wrapping these presents, and Nate comes in, he's 11, and he's like, 
This is the worst wrapping job I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) And I just started cracking up because I was like, which he was right. I was, you know, there was no quality control going on, no (laughs) ribbons. It was very basic. But I was just cracking up because I'm like, he doesn't know how close we were to not even having Christmas. Like, yes, the wrapping sucks, but it's done. They're under the tree. Everyone got what they wanted or some of what they wanted. and Yeah. And that would have horrified me years ago. I would have stressed out over not doing a Christmas letter. We had all these things kind of that we used to do as far as tradition and pajama night and all these different things. And they kind of just get squashed into a couple of days because that's where we're at. Yeah. And to reiterate our my point of earlier is we could easily look back at this Christmas and have sorrow and like and condemn ourselves for not picking out their gifts secretly and wrapping them proper and all that. Or we could celebrate the fact that we made it through Christmas when we didn't really know at the beginning of December, we didn't know we were gonna have presents under the tree. <laughs> yeah. It was it was Well and I mean, yeah, it was it was a close one. Yeah. And another thing that I did, which I felt was totally inspired, um, was I bought some group gifts. And Mm -hmm. that was huge because then I just did one gift for, like, my side of the family. And and that was fun. Yeah. And this isn't – this is our new normal, but it's not our new standard. Yeah. (laughs) We're moving past this, you know. And the new normal changes from day to day. One last thing about Christmas that we have to mention is we have to give a huge, huge shout out to Becca, Chris, Katie, and Sarah. They are some Lime Voice listeners, some fans of ours that gave us an extremely special Christmas gift and we were so grateful. It was such an amazing, touching thing. To, yeah, it was to so get kind. That gift. I mean, I think I was stunned for a few days. Like, how could anybody give us something this cool? And it was it was amazing. So a huge Christmas miracle happened in our house uh, because of our, our fans out there. Yeah, and I think that's been one of the most unexpected aspects of doing Lime Voice is that we've become friends with different people around the world world who we never would have known and really truly consider them even though there's many of them we haven't met in person consider them very dear friends yeah i mean you touch on a soul level like like you do through these hard circumstances there's a connection there that cannot be broken um you know by by traditional means it's something special and I hope, you know, that's one of the things we love about audio is because you guys can feel and hear our hearts. And I hope that we're able to do that with you now, even though we don't have on this end, we don't have the connection. Um, Hopefully you feel our hearts and you feel our connection. Bringing up the topic, we also received just today a wonderful letter. Would you read that letter for us, babe? Um, We'd love to hear from you. As you know, if you guys ever feel like you want to drop us a note, we would love to hear from you. It keeps our juices flowing, gives us inspiration to come out and do another another podcast and do the hard work of getting all this stuff ready. 
you can find my email on AaronLSanchez at gmail.com or you can write Sarah at SanchezSmile at gmail.com. Go ahead, babe. Read us with that letter. This is from Holly, and Holly says, I wanted to let you know that I really enjoy your podcast. I'm managing chronic Lyme and also chronic inflammatory response syndrome caused by exposure to toxic mold. I find your shows very informative, but most of all, I enjoy your outlook and your approach. You guys are so real and open. I like how you cover multiple facets of how chronic illness affects our lives. Nice. Yeah. Which is fantastic. I mean, that's what we wanted. That's why we're here. That's why we're doing this. If you have not had the chance to look uh, to rate and review us, you can look us up on Stitcher or iTunes under Lime Voice Radio with Aaron and Sarah Sanchez. If you would give us your rating or and review, we would love that because really that is how people find us. That is how people with Lyme and, and chronic illness can find us. Um, it's it's such a useful tool for getting our message out there. So please go do that. If you want to look up any of the notes from today's episode, you can go to limevoice.com. We will have links and show notes under episode 24. Okay, so now let's go on to today's episode with Bravani. People, you're going to love this episode. We had such a great time talking with Bravani. She has great outlook. I mean, a real fight, heal, live attitude. Yeah, and she founded what's called Chronically Driven, and it's real stories that inspire a better world. And basically, she helps different people who are living with chronic illnesses kind of frame their own story. And so it's a space for you to transform your chronic condition into chronic motivation with inspirational stories of people living beyond extraordinary lives. And she just has a really neat approach to looking at chronic illness, to appreciating life with a chronic illness, really does a good job of celebrating the small victories, like being able to get out of bed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And in this episode, we talk about one of the awards that she uh, was nominated on, uh, nominated for. When we recorded it, she was a week away from the finals of the Creative Hack Awards. Well, it turns out she actually won. Not only was she nominated, traveled out to Japan. I know, that's so cool. (laughs) And gave her speech. She actually won. And so congratulations, Bravani. Way to go. Um, The Creative Hack Awards 2016 winner. Awesome. And... She's up for another award, and here's where you can help her. If you like this episode, you like her, which I know you will, go to the UKBlogAwards.co.uk. We'll have that link on the show notes as well, but right there, you can vote for her uh, website, Chronically Driven. Please go do that. We need her support. We want her message to get out. This is a girl's whose message deserves to go out. She has conquered so much. And I know that you line voice listeners are going to support her and help her in any way you can. So go to, go to the UK blog awards.co.uk and vote for Bravani. Also, she's got a new project that uh, came about since then. This is a busy girl, man. <laughs> it's called the invisible If you look that up, 
um, it, and put your information there. You'll get, you'll receive updates on a new website that she's working on. If it's anything as good as her award-winning Chronically Driven, you're going to love it. So I'm, I'm on the list. Go get on the list yourself. One thing we wanted to give you guys an update on is 2016 is looking awesome for Line Voice. We have got a couple, we got several really good interviews on tape right now and several more coming up. Um, I know. Yeah. Like when we're interviewing people, you know, you're, I'm focusing on, you know, keeping the flow of the interview, but I'm also taking notes because it's so inspirational or it's so profound or it's so deep what each guest brings. And so I'm like, <laughs> my kids laugh at me because they're like, are you taking notes on your own podcast? I'm like, yeah, when I'm in inter- interview mode, I have to go back and listen again as patient mode because what there's just so much wisdom and healing that they're conveying in their interviews. Yeah. Hey, one thought that I have for you guys is um, one thing I've been doing just to go along with Sarah is I've been going back and listening to our past episodes. And as I'm looking, as I'm listening through them, I'm learning a lot, even though I'm the (laughs) one that, I mean, you forget. I know you do. And so I encourage you guys, we have a total of 24 episodes for you to draw inspiration from and to draw power. I know that line voice can be that power and that inspiration for you. Go back, take the time, re-listen. I know you guys are going to learn again. I did, and I'm the one. I'm the one that made these, so I know. <laughs> well, maybe y'all are smarter than me. You'll gain something. Go back and listen to them, and uh, and learn again. Yeah, and keep sending us book information. If you come across an author who you think would be a great guest, please feel free. Um, You know, I just got one from a girl named Holly. She just turned me on to a great book. One of the things that I don't struggle with, which is surprising, is the ability to read. I can read and process, and somehow it gets stored in my long-term memory, even though my short-term memory is still... And audiobooks, too. Yeah, I, and so I do read quite a bit. You know, I'm I I read multiple books at the same time, so I can't always get to it right away. But I really do appreciate when you guys find a book and you tell me about it. So, yeah. one of the reasons we wanted to have Lyme Voice is for Lyme sufferers to have a, a, a resource. And so, if you guys keep throwing our, your resources at us, and together, our voices are going to be heard. Together we can heal from this. Together we'll fight. And to, and together we are going to live. So, I'm so glad to have you. 2016 is going to rock. I know that 2016 is going to be an awesome, awesome year for all of you out there. <laughs> Our best is yet to come, people. <laughs> Keep tuning in. Love you guys. And we'll talk soon. Hi guys, I want to tell you about Audible. I love Audible. Sarah loves Audible. I know you guys are going to love it as well. It has been such a huge resource for us. We have an offer at linevoice.com where you can actually get your first month free. This is a great way to grab one of those books that you've been meaning to read and be able to do it on the go. In your commute, while you're doing your chores, or if you just don't have the strength to hold up the book that day, this is a great way 
to be able to utilize the information that is so vital for your health and recovery. Go to linevoice.com, get your free Audible download, and help support Linevoice. Thank you guys so much. We really appreciate it. Welcome everyone to Line Voice. We are so excited to have you today. Good job on waking up and facing another day. Honestly guys, you made the choice to wake up and face your circumstances. Way to go. That's not easy to do. Way to go. You gotta win. Now go get another. Today we have Bravani. Bravani is our first international interview. We're so excited. Bravani. Are you ready to help us put the puzzle pieces of chronic illness into place? Yes, absolutely. And I, and I feel really uh, blessed and honored to be like the first international person on your show. <laughs> yeah, we've hit the big time. <laughs> <laughs> All our kids are off of school today for our Veterans Day, so we're in a closet. <laughs> oh, wow. You are in a closet. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I super appreciate it now, even more than before. <laughs> We're excited to talk with you. Yeah, me too. I'm, 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 I'm quite, as in, uh, of course, I was introduced by Mark and you know, we share like a lot of similarities with Caitlin and he told me about you guys. I also listened to uh, your interview on the Traveling Cup. Oh, um, yeah, we listened to yours and then I went to your website. Aaron told me about it originally, but then after I listened to your interview, I'm like, this is exactly what we want our website to be doing as far as highlighting people who come to terms with what life has handed them and decided, you know, I'm going to make something extraordinary out of it. So I love it. Oh, thank you. I'm actually moving to a new website for just like chronicallydriven.com, which is like under process. Mm. So, uh, which should be good. I'll let you know once that happens. But if you ever want to talk, happy to give my two cents. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. For that. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> let me ask you this. Yeah. But do people, like I just read through Caitlin's, Caitlin's Chronically Driven. Do you write that or did she write that? No, no. Uh, like she wrote that entirely. And people write that uh, by themselves. I just... I, uh, there is an editing process, but not in terms of me taking things out, rather like me asking questions, asking them to elaborate some more and so on, because the idea was to, uh, you know, create a platform that, uh, highlights other people's voices. So it's not right. just me talking about things. And that's exactly what we want to do with the fight, heal, live concept. Yeah. Have you fa how long have you been doing it? Um, for a year and a half now, actually. Last year, June, July is when I started. Okay. So how many stories, how many people have you highlighted? Oh, wow. Um, I have forgotten exactly the number, to be honest. But uh, they just range very widely. I think, like, it only shows a few with images um, as a summary, but if you click like the entire blog, you'll see all of them. But um, yeah, they've been like with all sorts of things. Some even I didn't know there was such a condition, and I'm like, oh my god, like, like I I thought I have it worse, but no, I don't. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is the truth. Well, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Tell me a little bit about uh, you guys, like you know, from uh, you actually, because I've just. 
I mean, of course, I've heard the interview and so on, but I'd love to like yeah. <laughs> uh, get to know you a little bit better. Yeah. Well, um, I don't have a, a, a chronic illness like Sarah. I, um, I actually have, throughout this whole thing, I've discovered that I have ADHD. Oh, and, wow. Okay. And so it was kind of um, really good for me to understand that because it really helped me understand uh, her Lyme brain and then understand myself. So now I'm able to, I really feel like I've, re with medication and understanding, reopened my brain. So all this time, I just thought I was a ignorant person or a a stupid person that couldn't understand these concepts and couldn't make these decisions like everybody else. Mm. So that's really only been in the last two years that I've, uh, so, I mean, that's kind of my whole thing. And then I've also just dealt with chronic illness because of being her, her husband. And, yeah. and so that's kind of my story. I'm an artist. I do. And I actually have a, a gallery there that is featuring my work, uh, in London. Oh, wow. Which one? Um, the Mavros Gallery. Oh, I'd, I'd, I'm going to go. Uh, how long <laughs> is it on for? It'll be good for me to go check it out. Well, we've been there for a couple months or a couple years now, and they're featuring our things. They're, they're actually a silversmith, and he does these really amazing... He's probably one of the world's leading silversmiths as far as um, uh, African work, uh, sculptures. Really amazing, gorgeous stuff. I mean, like the King of Spain, he's done personal shows for the King of Spain. Oh, wow. Um, you know, he his wife is connected to royalty. I think she's the Duchess of... I I don't know royalty very well, so I couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're very well connected, and our qu the Queen has actually sat at our table and had tea at our table. Oh, wow. Okay, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So that that was... What we do is artistic uh, furniture and, and uh, sculptures. Out oh, of okay. out of uh, juniper and and uh, and uh, which is a native a, a exotic native wood to New Mexico only grows in in even in uh, just our region. So, oh wow! Okay. Yeah, very very cool tree. So mm. what we're trying to do is just you know basically create a format that not only we can help people that hopefully we can support ourselves in the process. Yeah. yeah. Because of our new picture, we have a new life now, and it's just different with with our restrictions. So that's where we're going. And we have five kids, and we have two adopted from Ethiopia, and they grew for two years. They were in an orphanage, and they just have a lot of emotional needs, and. Oh, sure. So they're kind of dealing with their own post-traumatic stress stuff, and now I'm dealing with my own post-traumatic stress stuff, and so. There are just days that I can't manage all five of them by myself, depending on how I feel. Like, there's just days that I can't. And so, yeah, we're trying to figure out how to support our family financially, how to be a blessing to other people, and we're trying to kind of mesh those together if we can. <laughs> That's my story. And then, of course, Sarah, she is... Would you like to... <laughs> yeah, well, you, you heard bits and pieces of it. I'm now like 19 years into dealing with a chronic illness and, um, you know, all that goes with that. Except for me, I never knew what was going on and I never got any validation. Like, I was in car accidents and so they just kind of thought it was chronic pain. So it took us a long time to figure out that I had this underlying infection. Um, and... 
by that point, I was in bed. I'd been in bed for several years and um, left for treatment and was gone for a couple months. And so I just finished like my two year window of treatment. Oh, wow. Okay. That sounds intense. It has been. Yeah. It's been kind of all we've done for the last two years beyond like keeping our kids fed and clothed and all that. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I know it it took me about a whole year to be uh, diagnosed uh, with Crohn's because they said it's not something that usually affects Asian people. Really? yeah, because it's uh, dominantly right now uh, in Europe and America. Huh. So I'm speaking in Japan end of this month simply because it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it is something people should be prepared for in about a short period of time, let's say 15 to 20 years. Almost the part of like working population is going to have something like this, an autoimmune condition. So I think we need to be able to accommodate them uh, unless you want like a, you know, whole, an entire nation to stop working. Right. Yeah. Well, actually, I went through this entrepreneurial program this summer at one of our local colleges. And oh, okay. specifically for that reason, because I was sick, they had told me, okay, you probably have an autoimmune disorder and then continued to just give me medications. And what it took me a long time to realize is especially in America, people think they're going to the doctor and treating their disease because they're on medicine. But what nobody tells people in America is, hey, an autoimmune disorder is is a really big issue and you need to address that if you want your health. But they don't tell you that. you. So they everyone's kind of lulled into thinking that they're undergoing treatment and they're dealing with it. When they're just getting symptom relief. Yeah, they're just relieving their symptoms. I mean, we know kids who are eight years old getting diagnosed with autoimmune Mm. disorders, but they're not, their parents aren't being educated as far as how to help support their immune system. And like you said, if we don't deal with this stuff head on, we're going to have a huge population of totally disabled people all across the world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Did did you read research about... Uh, why we're getting this now it's something I uh, joke about well it's serious but I kind of use it as a joke (laughs) yeah because I go like yeah I was kidding I was like no I really wasn't (laughs) and I researched into it saying because my doctors were like you you have symptoms of Crohn's like your stomach looks like it has Crohn's but then uh, you can't have it because you're brown (laughs) it was a weird one I looked into it and it said um like all autoimmune conditions are essentially a product of modern medicine. And, and it's because they've confused our immune system. So the reason that most Westerners have it in Europe or America is because uh, either their parents or they themselves have had a combination of super hygienic environment that they've grown up with, coupled with a lot of medication with steroids and antibiotics that has confused the immune system. So that made it more clear to me because I've, even before getting Crohn's, I always had some form of condition or another that I was treated with. And even though I grew up in India, I had a very, very protected life because of it. And it was like super hygienic. I never ate out. Like all my water was like filtered and heated and all of that. And I was like, it made sense why I have it when I looked at it from from that perspective. So it kind of 
think about, like I'm thinking, well, if I see a kid or I have my own kids, do, like, should I protect them? Should I allow them to like go out and like plays that I didn't get that's like a result of why I have all of these things? So it's, it's just really mind-boggling to me. One of the problems I often have is with uh, Crohn's, I can't eat most things that are healthy. And so like, I can't juice, even though I know that's like, supposed to be healthy so it's like trying to communicate to people about my dietary requirements as in what will help me live a healthy life which has been like a big challenge and a part of it so Bravani, would you please tell us a little bit about your fight story tell us about the issues that you're dealing with and how you are persevering through yes um I, I have probably uh, like the jackpot of autoimmune conditions because I don't <laughs> just have one, but I have three different ones that I have to uh, balance, if you will, at any given point of time. I've got uh, a severe form of Crohn's disease uh, that has left me with just uh, a small uh, bit of my intestine. So uh, it get, uh, it's not usually when you get Crohn's, it's like you, ha you have like most of your stomach, but because I have very little left after the surgeries, it, uh, things can escalate pretty quickly. As well as um, I've got asthma, which probably wouldn't have been so bad, except um, I lost one of my lungs when I was about 15, 16 years old. So in which in sense has made it quite, uh, quite intense for me to deal, even if I get a little bit of infection, because uh, it just slows me down or I can't do the regular things such as, you know, um, walk upstairs without having to take a break or even even like w walk, um, even like walk to the bus stop without like needing, having five minutes before and after for resting. Right. Uh, yeah. and, and I also have a, a form of spondylitis, which is caused by uh, Crohn's disease. And it's essentially where my pelvis and my spine are fusing together and my joints get incredibly inflamed. So therefore, which make it really uh, difficult for me to move around as quickly or especially when it's cold. And I've been told I'll apparently need a new hip or a new spine in the near future. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kind of keeping my fingers crossed for like having some sort of a bionic uh, spine by then that I can control via remote control or from my mind. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, that, that's the hope. That's where I am at right now. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> bionic spine, that'd be good. I like that. Yeah, everyone will want what I have then. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about dealing with this. From what I understand, this has really been a lifelong, you've had lifelong issues. With oh, your yeah. health, yeah, uh, I think I—that's th the one thing that I think has been very constant in my life. As in, I've had asthma for as long as I can remember, and even when I—I I think I spend more time in hospitals than at home when I when I was growing up uh, as a child. And then I had about—I've um, had several surgeries. I think I have about a total of five surgeries for various different things. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, I'd probably say it's the one thing that has been quite dominant in my life and, it, and, and it's an everyday, um, effort to use it to fuel, to do 
a greater and bigger things instead of instead of feel uh, like you know let down by it or think oh it's never going to go away and i can never do anything yeah that, and that, see that's that's so awesome that you have that fighting spirit because really you know how that goes well for us at least one day you have it and you're ready to do that and the next day you you're you're not you're just not yeah. there you know it's those statements it's those declarations that i am going to stand up and fight and having that attitude isn't i mean if if we're honest it's not always that attitude is not always as strong as it is a one day versus the next yeah and just making those declarations making those efforts stating this is what i'm doing that really gets you through those moments when you're not feeling it basically yeah so tell us, Bravati, you have a website called Chronically Driven. Yeah. Yes. And how did you come to decide in the midst of dealing with all your medical stuff to start this massive project on highlighting other people's stories? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, uh, Chronically Driven started um, last year. And we're essentially in, um, in like a sentence. It's uh, we're committed to bringing all invisible conditions to spotlight so people can understand uh, and be represented appropriately. We've been sharing real stories by real people, every single one of them having some form or another of, as as I called it on the website, uh, invisible disability. But the reason I chose the word disabilities that I've been asked uh, quite often, but isn't that against what you believe that you can do a lot, uh, even if, uh, you know, you have conditions. But I think that's precisely why I chose the word, because uh, to me, it's having these challenges, these adversities is what allows me to execute on the different things that I do and work on. And I think, uh, well, it's, you know, we're like living in the 21st century. We do need to see uh, disability as you can't do this thing, but there are all of these other things you can do. So which is one of the reasons uh, I, I enjoy having the opportunity to explain how I view the word disability as well. So like I'm, um, I think like right now I, I, I got awarded a fellowship to work on Chronically Driven. Congrats. So uh, thank you. It's like it starts from, uh, well, it starts, but it's for like a whole year. So in the process, I hope to like, create some sort of a sustainable model that I can continue to work like only on this instead of also doing other things. Right. Mm. How did you get your, um, the opportunity to go to Japan? How did that come to pass? Oh, uh, well, no, that's, uh, end of this month. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, I've been uh, like someone nominated, uh, of the project for, uh, the Wired uh, Awards, like Wired Japan Awards. Okay. And like, I, I got this email saying like, oh yeah, well, you, you, you made it into the final. So you get to like come to Japan and like talk to us and give a give a talk. And I was like, oh my God, okay, that's yeah. awesome. That's... Like I've never been to Japan, so I'm really excited. Hmm. I'm gonna read a quote off of your website and oh, yeah. um, then we can talk about it says, meet the ones who have discovered their purpose, not amidst the chaos of a chronic illness, rather because of their diagnosis. 
You always have a choice, and it's how you respond to the events around you that determines the options you allow yourself to have. Yes. And one of the concepts that we continue to talk about at Line Voice is mm-hmm. that healing is a choice. Yeah. And, and it doesn't always mean, obviously, people are going to get sick and, you know, some people are not going to be able to recover. But within that, there is so much choice if you kind of begin to open your eyes and seek alternative treatments. And I love how you say the chaos of a chronic condition, rather, because of their diagnosis, this comes out. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's quite important for me to um, see because I was medically told not to do anything. And I think that's what one of the horrible things to hear when they say, oh, you're ill and it's incurable. So our advice is that you don't do anything with your life. Well, they didn't say with your life. They basically said, don't do anything that I think implied <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, and every time I wanted to do something, or even now, uh, like, you know, I, I speak and I write and I, I, I like speak like uh, everywhere and work with a lot of different people. And I always get, oh, well, you know, you can, it's amazing you do it despite these things. And uh, I see it as crucially important to recognize that I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't have all of the adversities and challenges that I have. And it's so important to bring the focus back to I do this because of all the different conditions that I have. And it's something I I like to tell and I think we do a really good uh, uh, way by sharing the stories that are written by that are written by, you know, uh, others who do have some form of chronic condition is that the the reason they have that lifestyle is because they have this condition and how that lifestyle takes shapes is entirely up to you. It's your choice. And I think people don't see health as a spectrum. I mean, it's not as clear as being healthy or being sick. Rather, Rather, it's a spectrum and the choice of words and trying to uh, communicate that as pr- it's probably my attempt of um, showcasing that when you have all of these conditions you're capable of doing so much more and hopefully you'll allow yourself to do that that's awesome has it been cathartic for you to read all these other people's stories <laughs> um yeah definitely because i i, I read um, a little bit about the process is, you know, I get someone writes me an email and says, oh, like I have this condition and 99% of the time it's them saying, but I don't think I have an inspiring story, but I just wanted to say I really like what you're doing. And I go, oh, that, huh. that's fine. Okay. And then I reply back to them and go like, oh, so, you know, what are you up to? Like, how's your life? I don't even bring anything about the story. And they're just excited, like, I wrote back to them and they kind of make me feel like a celebrity, although I'm really not. <laughs> and I felt like, uh, okay. Yeah, they're just gonna go, oh, it's so amazing, you wrote back to me. I'm like, thank you. They're like, thank you for writing to me. Um, so, uh, yeah, and then they start sharing about, you know, how they live their life and then I kind of ask them a question about, oh, so like how do you manage this or what do you do now? So obviously your life has dramatically changed, so how do you do it? do it and then like within those 
like even less than like two or three emails and then uh, like my next email is often like well there's an inspiring story so if you do want to write about it I would love for you to be featured on there and it's amazing when you hear people go like oh I, I, I never thought about that I never I never saw that I had an inspiring story in me and, and I absolutely enjoy that process and I think uh, the reason I'm being so transparent is because, y you know, as much as I enjoy the process, I, I really think all of us do have something amazing and we just don't take the time out to realize and recognize it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that we talk about as far as being in the world of chronic illness, especially mm -hmm. when it's long term, is it's just really boring. Yeah. <laughs> All of it, like the routines and the monotony and the restrictions, it gets boring. And that's why I love your website, because it kind of acknowledges that in the sense of within this boring routine, within this, with, within the, all these limitations, you can come to this place where you're, you're getting something from it on yeah. a level that like for us, we've become friends with people across the mostly United States, but oh, yeah. and we, now internationally. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Let's not forget that. <laughs> and that was something I never anticipated from yeah. doing the podcast: is getting to actually know these people who are in this these situations, and it's been inspiring for us to to hear, like you said, all these different stories of people who are saying. Despite what's going on, I'm still going to choose to push forward. I'm still going to choose to be thankful. I'm still going to choose to look at the opportunities that now have come from this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I'd, I'd actually like to contest that. I think my life it has the potential or our life has the potential to be, uh, you know, more interesting than other people, you know, doing their nine to five jobs, waking up and go, uh, going to work and getting a sandwich from the same cafe. Right. And, you know, so, I mean, come on, their lives are boring. But, you know, like we get to structure it any way that we want. I mean, my every, every single day is different. Sure, I have some habits and rituals that I do, but like I can like do anything I, I want to do at any point. So, yeah, I, I would say, you know, our lives are probably more interesting than anyone else. <laughs> That is interesting. I've never thought of that. I like the way you put that, Bravani. Really well put. That's the true fighting spirit. And to highlight something you said a little while ago, you were talking about your restrictions. How people are saying, you know, it's really amazing that you're out here doing it in spite of. And your mm -hmm. attitude was, I'm doing it because of. Yes. And that I think is significant, even as what we've been talking up to this point. It's that it's that mind shift, yeah, where you're empowering yourself instead of complaining about yourself or complaining about your situation. It's because I'm going to make a difference. Because I know this chronic illness, I'm going to go out and make a difference. And I, I love that. And even changing our tone from being a boring to an interesting is a fighting <laughs> move. I yeah. love your attitude, Bravani. I love I hope, that. I hope you audience members are hearing the difference between complaining and fighting. Not that, and complaining is, I mean, it's not complaining, but sometimes you need people it's to hear normal. it. 
Yeah, you need people to acknowledge and hear and know your, your suffering. But when that becomes skewed is when that suffering is controlling your desires. And I think you're, you're, what you're saying is, is exactly that. You're not letting this control your desires. You're making your desires control this. This yeah. being the, the, the chronic illness. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I, I, you know, even though we chatted a little bit before, I didn't get to uh, share this, but I also didn't uh, email it to you, pr- maybe in, in you know, subconscious, uh, <laughs> subconsciously intentional way. But uh, growing up in India, I, uh, I didn't go to school as a child. And part of it was because I was, you know, ill all the time and the, and and in uh, I, maybe in America you do pay for school, don't you? I'm currently in the UK, and they've got like a free school system. So like there wasn't any point, you know, paying a lot for school and me not being able to go and all of those things. And I and I remember thinking, well, my life is dramatically different to, you know, every other ten year old or of anyone else out there. And I think it's it's since then that I've had this fundamental shift in mindset where I go, well, you know, it's different because of a very special reason and I need to explore that. I need to understand it. And and, and that's kind of where I get my because of um, narrative or mindset rather than saying, oh, despite of. Yeah. yeah. It was interesting. I On your blog, I read that you had been uh, not even homeschooled, like you quit school at five years old and basically (laughs) self-taught. And one of the things I was thinking of, because we have homeschooled our kids at different points, and once I got to a point where I was too sick, now they're all in public school. But reading your story, I was like, not convicted, but it like gave me back that longing of, even for my kids, because I have... I have one who, two who have Lyme, and um, school has been hard. School has been very difficult for them, and I thought, man, I want to get back that confidence in myself to empower my kids to learn whatever it is they want to learn. Like, it's, it comes naturally when you're healthy to say, yeah. oh, you like martial arts. Let's learn about martial arts, or let's do an art class. But as the sicker I got, we couldn't do those things. And and a lot of it, we still can't. But just reading your story, I thought, you know what? There is. We have the internet at our hands. Like, we may not be able to drive them to art classes once a week, but there Mm -hmm. is so much that they can do from home on their own to Mm -hmm. continue learning to love and explore. And so just that tidbit of information was really encouraging to me because I thought, okay, you know what? I can get that back. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, if if I could have it my way, um, I've spoken elsewhere, probably not related to chronic uh, conditions, but uh, it's uh, you know I I think kids shouldn't be sent to school because it doesn't give them the ability to you know understand what they're truly passionate about. Uh, but that doesn't mean I'm against education. Like, right. it's always hard for me to make that distinction. It's like. No, I don't think putting a kid in like uh, in between four doors for like eight hours is the right way. But then I, th- I still think like kids need to be allowed to explore what they enjoy and kind of find or their purpose in a way, even if it changes later. Yeah. 
Well, it's interesting, too, because even as we talked about earlier, if you're going through treatment, that's not health. You're you're in the ballpark, but that's not health. And in the same way, just because you're in school doesn't necessarily mean you're getting an education. And, <laughs> yeah. and those are those are kind of things you have to come to realize and learn on your own and what you want. And so your parents, how did they cope with that? Let's talk about like the healing aspect or healing portion of things and obviously so you're at home almost all the time for 18 Mm -hmm. years yeah and and they're doing a hospital yeah one of those what what did they do that was really helpful for you Hmm. um you you know what i'm actually like in retrospect i keep thinking about uh, as in if I ever had kids, how do I replicate the same thing, the same experience that I went through? But um, I think because it was the 1990s and like the early 2000s, it's, it, it, was, it was almost, I think, giving me the space and time as well as being there to say, oh, well, you know, I'm interested in space. So it's like, okay, let's go buy some books on astronomy or uh, I'd like to look at, uh, you know, uh, I enjoy blogging and I want to learn more about like writing or building websites. Go like, oh, okay, like we can go uh, look at, uh, get you some books or like you can talk to someone who does that or something like that. I think it's it's the right combination of like not interfering where you go, oh, so what did you do today? What did you learn? Or... Uh, why haven't you been doing more or something like that? So it's giving enough space alongside being there to support and give you the resources when you show an interest on something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I asked that question because there are so many families who who we've talked to over the last couple of years whose kids are home sick mm-hmm. a oh, lot. Yeah. And that's a hard balance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I found it really helpful to be able to focus my attention on something else that I enjoy, which then, you know, helped me structure and figure out what I want to learn or what I wanted to do even when I grew up instead of like, you know, I'll graduate. Well, I, I, I did go to university. I did go to college. So I've got like a master's degree now. But I think it helped me more than others who graduate almost clueless not knowing like what to do except like get a job desperately to pay off the student debt <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well and I, I in credit to your parents I think if I may be bold they seem to have instilled a get it done or persevere attitude in you and even just the choice of what are your interests instead of well you're too sick to do that let's what can we do uh, you know, if if you have a child that's not able to go outside, but he can still learn about whatever. I mean, that is an that's an empowering attitude. That's more of a fighting attitude. So, I think, you know, if I can evaluate from an outside perspective, I I can see that empowering attitude in you and in your work and in your attitude as we speak. And I think, you know, I think that's encouraging me right now to be more. <laughs> with our children who are dealing with their own chronic illness to be more enabling 
to oh, okay, yeah, okay, Nate, you're not going to be a football star, but let's learn about football. Let's let's do this, that, and the other. You know. Yeah. Very yeah, cool. I I know. Um, I always told people that I think, like you know, as per parents do, like uh, they kept trying to convince me that I was. Uh, good even though I wasn't like every other child and they're like and I often tell people you know when parents say um, oh you're special you're going to do amazing things and I was like I think I was one of the handful the few who actually believed it and still do <laughs> even after <laughs> growing up like th that's kind of the difference like you know if you actually believed everything your parents said when you were a kid I think that's more important once you've grown up to actually uh, believe that you can do so much more rather than like when you're a kid if you know mm -hmm. what I mean yeah absolutely and that's funny because my mom always said you know I'd be telling her about something and she would always say I believe you can do anything you set your mind to and I literally hear it as an adult more than I ever did as a kid. Like, I'll be thinking something and I just hear her voice. You can do anything you set your mind to. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's good. And I have felt like, as far as my journey, if I didn't have people encouraging me, like, I feel blessed in the sense that no one knew what was going on, but I had people encouraging me to stay engaged, to keep fighting, to keep you know, keep believing that something good could come from it. And honestly, I don't know if I could have made it through had I not had that. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because we hear stories of people who are being abandoned by parents or spouses and because they think it's psychosomatic or or they're tired of dealing with it. And it's really important to, especially for parents, be able to tell their kids, yeah, you're special. You, you mm -hmm. can make something good come from this. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's really valuable. Oh, yeah. Def I mean, I, I still go through trying to talk about my conditions. And I think we need to almost justify ourselves more than others. Like someone else could say, oh, I'm going to like sit and watch TV and drink beer this evening. And like, that'll be fine. But if we say it, it's like, well, you already don't do much. Like, you're just being lazy. It's like, no, I actually need this time. I'm like, you know, the guy who sits in front of his TV and drinks beer every evening. He's living a boring life. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So we've talked about fighting, healing, and living. So let's, let's go into your life right now, Bravani. You... You've described some pretty significant yes. obstacles that you're going through. Mm -hmm. How are you proceeding forward? You're doing amazing, amazing things. Yeah, you have a mix of obstacles and really neat opportunities. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I'd have the same opportunities if it wasn't for the obstacles. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm right now um, I founded Chronically Driven last year, and that's kind of opened up so many opportunities it just makes me i think oh wow like thank god i have all of these conditions <laughs> <laughs> and we were nominated and like are in the finals for wired creative hack awards and i get to go to tokyo to speak and meet a lot of people so i'm like who else gets win a free trip to tokyo like yeah. i get it because because i have these conditions <laughs> 
And yeah, um, besides that, uh, I also work uh, in the creative sector with museums and galleries trying to uh, work within the digital teams and produce events or projects that have a very digital element to it because uh, which once again takes me back to when I was a child because you know I, I didn't have many friends because I was always ill and I didn't go to school so I was kind of left to uh, play around with the computer and read and write so in a way, I'm just like replicating the same thing, except getting paid to do that now. Nice. So I just like play around on the computer and, you know, read and write stuff for museums and galleries. So, um, yeah, I, I would definitely say if it was not for this, I would have uh, forced myself, let's say, to do a job, like sit in a cubicle of some sort. And even if it was, if I was getting paid like hundreds of thousands, I wouldn't be living as interesting a life as I am right now and I've, and, and, and I can't imagine like being normal if you will and living a normal life like that just seems to uh, th that actually makes me feel <laughs> horrible to think oh I would have I wouldn't have done any of these things like even what I do for work as well as with chronically driven if it wasn't for all of these things that people see as things that uh, I should be seen as a victim of or as a sufferer or uh, any of those things. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, well, you really do have just a complete spin on it. I keep just chewing on boring versus interesting. <laughs> and because we were just having that conversation yeah. this week, mm -hmm. like, oh, oh, wow. oh my gosh, we've been at this a lot of years and it is boring. Yeah. <laughs> but... You're right. Like w one of the things Aaron has been telling me even this week is he's like, we've, we've won. Like mm -hmm. there's, you know, cause for me, I'm super hot on myself and I want to do way more and I want more for our kids and that's just not where we're at. And so he's always telling me like, there's no shame. Like we've won. We just launched our 20th episode. You'll be the 21st or somewhere down the line yeah and she doesn't do a lot of producing yeah i, I, do. <laughs> I don't do she's any of the it. talent <laughs> <laughs> but just this morning he was like we're we're winning babe he's like look i'm home on a wednesday we're gonna talk to someone in the uk and like that would have never happened yeah and it took yeah. a lot of tears and it took a lot of hard work and, and effort and we're standing we're still standing. And and you are too, Bravani. I mean, it's amazing yeah. that we, every day that we wake up, like I started out, and face another day, we've made the choice to win that day. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's because um, uh, one of the things that keeps coming up in, uh, we have a chronically driven community on Facebook and people keep saying, oh, no matter which autoimmune condition you have, fatigue, like chronic pain and fatigue is like, pretty much like the standard across the board yeah. and my response every single time is that to me um you know being tired is like there are numerous days where I work like from my bed like the whole day I probably get up to have a shower if that but like <laughs> I'm on my bed and and I often tell people well to me I see chronic fatigue as in a time where people are running around everywhere and like always saying they're busy or they're canceling on 
friends because they don't have the time to me like having that fatigue all that time is like being given like the gift of time if you will uh, which is like the most precious thing of all like I get to stay at my house in bed I can read I can do research I can write I mean who gets to do that how many people get to do that and and you know that amazes me and, and that's one of the things I hope to communicate across the board for whoever would think oh I'm really tired I can't do anything today but it's kind of the opposite if you like just it, it might take a few things like you know I've got my book by my bed I've got I've got like my charger and every I've got things around that I know like if I because I mentioned with my uh, my bones and my joints if I woke up one day and I thought oh I can't get up then I just like sit in my bed and do whatever I need to do and I think oh that's amazing like I've, I've got like five hours to like basically do whatever I want right and and, and it really makes me uh, think about how everyone lives where you go like every day that I get up and get out of bed like put my feet on the ground I am so immensely happy yeah <laughs> I mean the kind of joy I can't even explain and it's it's it like I can't imagine not feeling that kind of joy every day because when I got like almost every day when I think my joints are working I can <laughs> like what I can get up I can move and and you know isn't there like a statistic that says that you know the average time a child smiles is like in a hundreds or something like that laughs or smiles and for adults it's two or three yeah 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 yeah, Erin and I have talked about that, too, because I used to work quite a bit. I ran a real estate company. And oh, wow, that's stressful. Y yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. And, you know, we had kids, and and so it's been this really long journey of, like you said, pain and fatigue. But because I was in bed and I was really intentional, like watching documentaries on health and nutrition, and because I was in bed for so many years... I, I've gotten the opportunity. Now, I'll call it an opportunity because sometimes it feels like like loss or like we've paid a heavy price, but I have. I've spent thousands of hours reading about health mm -hmm. and nutrition and business and really just trying to figure out within our limitations how to make life work, how to run our household. And that is, that's a gift. I mean, I spend so much time reading and writing and I never would have, I can't imagine anything else that would have brought us to this place. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's not a good use of, <laughs> most yeah. people want to work and earn money and and that wasn't an option for us. Yeah, and I think the important part too is to, is to that, to realize it's a gift. That's an important, because for myself, a lot of years until basically just recently in the last few years, I didn't view this as a gift and it was a curse. Yeah. You know, perception is is key in this matter. And I think for us, having the right, per well, following Sarah's example, having the right perception, having the right outlook. And I think you've done a great job of that for us today, Bravani, and, and giving us a new look instead of calling it boring. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think we're going to have to change our, our statement. We're not going to use that anymore. I, I think know. we're going to say... <laughs> 
we have really interesting lives <laughs> instead of boring. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Bravani, what do you do to stay motivated? Oh, oh my God, that worries so much. And it's actually something I've been thinking about uh, quite a lot because like, I'm in London, in the UK, the British weather isn't kind. And, you know, especially in wintertime, I have to find things that keep me going. Like, even if I'm physically unable to do something to like, be able to still work on something. And I think one of the key things that I've discovered is every time I think of a new project to do or uh, something that needs to be done, instead of viewing it as, oh, like I've got all of this work to do, I kind of almost imagine how it's going to be when it's finished or when I'm done. And that makes me feel so happy and energized and I go like oh I really want to get there as soon as possible as quickly as I can and then I kind of get through the boring admin stuff if you will right Mm. huh I like that yeah how about a quote Bravani is there a quote you can give us before I mean we're getting shorter in our time here um cool but is there a quote that you that you look to that's kept you going through these uh through, through the last few months or so there is, uh, I've got about two. One is something that we believe in chronically driven. Uh, I'll, I'll, say, I'll save that for the last, but uh, one of it is I heard, about, I heard from Jim Rohn's fa- uh, famous quote that says, if you, you know, if you want to be, then do. So in a way, which I think inwards of when you say, oh, I want to be that happy, cheerful person, but then in order to be that, you first need to, like, stop being happy, and then you will actually feel happy. Yeah. So, which is kind of hard, because you can, like, get yourself down, and you say, oh, well, you know, I can't do this, and therefore I can't be happy, and all of those things, but maybe I can, uh, you know, like, I've, I've got lists, like, I was just looking at my list that say, uh, that have, like, after doing two things that are work-related, and then I have like, oh, have lunch and watch this. And I'm like, oh, that's amazing. That's going to make me happy. So that keeps me happy throughout the day. But uh, the one thing I really like to uh, leave uh, everyone is listening with is something uh, that we've incorporated within Chronically Driven about the idea of um, if you can't be normal and I think all of us with the chronic condition don't feel normal right so yeah so uh, and then therefore we kind of bring ourselves down we say oh well we can never do anything special or amazing so it's like well of course you're not normal so if you can't be normal then you have the opportunity or the potential to uh, go beyond the extraordinary because being extraordinary is for normal people but uh, but we're the only ones capable of going beyond it and exploring what's out there. So that's something I'd really like everyone to keep in mind and help them keep going, even when they think, oh, I ca- I'm not, I can't do much of what's expected of me, but then you can go beyond it. Bravani, mm-hmm. uh, what is the best way for people to get a hold of you? And of course, we'll list all your information on the show notes so people, you can go to Lime Voice or you can look at the show notes. Look up Bravani. We'll have all of that. So, Bravani, where can people get a hold of you? Yeah, I think 
the best way is if we're in between websites, but then I'll give you a link so it'll okay. automatically redirect if even like once we change. We do have a chronically driven that they can find in the show notes, but the best way is probably on Twitter. I'm quite active. That's B-H-A-E-S-A. Uh, and if you're wondering what that is, that's like the first three letters of my first and last name. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, just like send me a tweet, B-H-A-E-S-A. And if someone wants to talk to me in length, like drop me an email from the show notes as well as join our Facebook group. If you just search for Chronically Driven, you'll find it. So that's like an amazing community with people of, you know, various different invisible conditions. And the, it's a great group to like support each one another and get to know everyone else. Wow, yeah. We're definitely going to check out your community group. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's important. I, I think it was on your website that it was just talking about we all have these obstacles we've overcome, but a lot of the groups that I have looked at, people are in crisis, and <laughs> and a lot of them are angry and hurt, and I, I get all that, but I don't have the emotional energy to bear someone else's burdens in a way as far as like my heart hurts for these people and I've I've been at those places and so I think like your chronically driven Facebook page when you can structure a group to say okay yes we've all suffered but yet here's what we're doing now it really it engages you on another level because it gives you energy instead of taking your energy yeah, there, there's literally just one rule that says if you're having a horrible day, like, don't shy away, talk to us, but, like, say why you're feeling horrible and what you've done so that, as in, what you've done to, like, help with that, and then we, we'll respond with ways you can, like, feel better. Uh, and, of course, like, I can't, I've actually had to... Um, uh, refuse a lot of press from different big channels. I'm not going to lie, and I can't act- and I can't actually say who they are due to liability issues. But it's mostly because everyone wants to portray the ones with uh, any kind of illness as someone who's really struggling or in the position of a victim, mm. and that that's ex- that's the opposite of what we are. So I'd love to welcome anybody who's like is looking for a community that uh, fights and supports one another. Awesome. Thank you so much, Bravani. You, you know, you embody the fight, heal, live concept. And I feel honored to have spoken with you. And thank you so much for doing all the work you're doing for people with chronic illnesses. I just really appreciate your spirit and your drive. <laughs> no, thank you so much. This, this has been a uh, really wonderful and i appreciate you bringing me into lime boys awesome yeah you definitely encouraged us today so thank you for that yeah (laughs) hey i'm really pleased thank you if you like what we're doing here at lime voice one thing you can do to help us is simply by going to itunes or stitcher and leaving your review this really helps get the message of lime voice out to others don't forget to go to our Facebook page, Line Voice, and while you're there, give us your like. Also, go to linevoice.com and you can find all sorts of information in past episodes, also some of Sarah's blog posts. Don't forget to share while you're there.
Talk to you soon. Disease is contrary to life. Therefore, wherever disease exists, life must also fight to exist. Good job fighting, Lyme fighters. Keep it up. We'll see you next time. Lyme Voice contains general information about medical conditions and treatments. The information is not advice and should not be treated as such. Okay, Lincoln? Okay. The medical information on Lyme Voice is provided as is without any representations, warranties, expressed or implied. Okay? Okay. Lyme Voice makes no representations or warranties in relation to the medical information on this podcast. You must not rely on the information on this podcast as an alternative to medical advice from your doctor or other professional health care provider. If you have any specific questions about your medical matter, you should consult your doctor or other professional health care provider. And for you, you consult your parents, okay? Okay. If you think you may be suffering from any medical condition, you should seek immediate medical attention. You should never delay seeking medical advice, disregard medical advice, or discontinue medical treatment because of information on this podcast. Got it, Lincoln? Got it. From the creators of Lime Voice and disappearing from society comes a brilliantly simple idea. But this time, it comes as a voice. Imagine a world in which birds can talk like people. You'll get a bird's eye view of life with Lyme disease as one bird family must unite to overcome the obstacles of life with Lyme disease. Guaranteed to make you laugh and cry. Written in a way that helps you articulate the losses you are experiencing as a household while simultaneously empowering you to keep fighting. Little Bite, Big Trouble is available today at Amazon.com.